people that are listening, if you had a torn, if you had two torn car- cartilages in your ribs, are you going to work that day? Are you going to work that week? If you have a partially partially torn abdomen, lacerated kidney, that <sighs> you know you're you're peeing blood, at least one concussion. Do you still want to do that job? Of course like, not. I'm not like if I if my tooth hurts, I'm probably calling out. Yo, 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 thanks for tuning in to the Committee Podcast, aka TCP. I am the Honorable AC3 Savage, uh, kicking it as always with Marcus Sniffles. Uh, the other two members of the podcast uh, took the day off, so don't give them too much grief. How's everything going, Marcus? It's been a rough weekend, not gonna lie. It's been a rough weekend, but we're still here, we're still gonna get after it, we're still gonna do what we do. Oh, yes. And if you guys don't know, of course, Marcus is a huge Colts fan. And um, unless you've been living on the uh, under a rock, you definitely understand and know what happened uh, this weekend. So um, one of the things I've actually been waiting to do uh, is get your take. I know you dropped the take on Twitter, but what's your official take on everything that happened? You got to do what makes you happy at the end of the day. And you can't really worry about what other people think about your decision because it's your life. You know, at the end of the day, you only got, you know, yourself and, you know, your close family to really look at. But at the end of the end of the day, it's really just you. And you got to be able to look at yourself and look back on your life and be like, you know what? I did what I needed to do. I enjoyed my life. I did what I wanted to do. And I'm I'm satisfied with that. And it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough getting that news that he was retiring. Um, I know for me, it came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't. A lot of people for the last, I guess, like two weeks have been sending me stuff like, oh, you know, Andrew Luck, his leg is still hurt. You know, are you worried yet? And I was just like, nah, it's no big deal. He'll be ready week one. They're just taking it slow because of mm-hmm. his injury history. But uh, I don't know, man. Like every everything I've read about the process and the grind that goes into rehabbing, it just seems not just physically draining, but mentally draining. And he's been rehabbing essentially for four years straight. And he was pretty much going to go into this year into another cycle of rehabbing. And it's tough. And I mean, I've, I've looked at his, I've, I mean, obviously I've watched him his whole career. I've seen the, the hits he's taken. I know the injuries that he's had. And man, I'm, I'm almost, I'm honestly, I'm surprised he didn't retire earlier. It's just mm. like he, he's, he's taking a beating. Honestly, it's. Is wild, and I mean, I don't, I don't blame him for any of that because, like I said, it's his life. He's got to live his life, and I mean, if we're gonna look at the facts, man, this dude, he's made like a hundred million dollars. I think he's got uh, an engineering degree from Stanford. You know what I'm saying? Like his dad is a commissioner mm-hmm. of the XFL. Like he don't need the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I obviously, we as fans want him to still play, but at the end of the day, he doesn't need to play football anymore. And he, if he doesn't feel like he, if he doesn't love it anymore, then I don't want him to play. Honestly, like, go live your life, find what makes you happy. Because, you know, people are saying, you know, this is bad timing. He's he quit on his team, but if he, you know, just put on a put on a a show and was just, you know, trying to fake it through the whole season, and then the, at the end of the season, he was like, 
well, yeah, I wanted to retire at the beginning of the season, but I just stuck it out. And it's just like, well, you weren't really all in and you're doing your teammates a disservice at that point. So I, I respect it. Like this was, honestly, I think it's a lot harder to do what he did as opposed to what people want him to do. Like it had been easy just to just rehab. I don't want to say easy, but it would have been perceived to be easier just to go through rehab, you know, keep collecting your checks. Maybe you play, maybe you don't. And then, you know, just do it that way. That'd have been the easy way out. It's harder when you have the type of expectations that this team has this year, the type of expectations you have on yourself as a player, the media has, the fan has being like number one overall pick, being the, you know, best prospect since John Elway. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You got a whole city behind you type deal and mm-hmm. to walk and to walk away from that. And he left a lot of money on the table. Like his contract was going to be up, I think, in two years, two or three years. Yeah, so he, like he did have two years. Yeah, so he he would have reset, as all quarterbacks do. He would have reset the market. Like whatever the highest paid quarterback was making, he would have made more. When Could he could have been the first two hundred million dollar guy. Yep, it's a possibility. So I mean, I think it's a lot harder to do what he did than to just you know come back and play. So. You know, I wish him the best, and, you know, I'm still, like, I'm not going to ditch the team. Like, I, I, I'm still a Colts fan, so I'm not even worried about that. I mean, well, my takes on it, at first, a part of me was like, thank God. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I mean, this guy, outside of 2015, when he was hurt anyway, has never posted a losing record as a starter. Uh, he tormented everyone in the division. Um, like you said, one of the greatest uh, prospects since John Elway. That was in the 80s. Like, the dude was the real deal. I'm reading over some of his stats now. He's got 16 comebacks, 20 game-winning drives. Like, Andrew Luck was the real deal. And I know uh, one of our co-hosts of this uh, podcast has always been a bit bitter about the guy for some reason. I guess because... You know, maybe they like Matt Ryan better or Matt Ryan doesn't get the edit, the accolades, but, uh, Andrew Luck had like, he had, he had everything that you would want in the quarterback and he can move too. Like, but slowly but surely, like, I really hate that the fans, first of all, I hate that the way it was leaked out. He yeah. didn't get the chance to have that private moment and tell his team. Uh, thanks a lot, Adam Schefter. I didn't like the way the fans reacted at the game. Like, to me, that's classless. At the end of the day, no matter what, he's going to have to live at least another half of his life with these gruesome injuries. And it's like, do do you want to be walking around on a cane for the rest of your life? Like, I know uh, that Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis, they were, like, chronicling his journey and stuff like that. They went to his house. He needs a cane to walk around his house. Like, what's really good? You know what I'm saying? I know he's that's made a, a lot of money. That's just it, embarrassing. It, it is. Like, and the, I, way, I, the way the fans acted, because that's that's literally his last time at that stadium as their quarterback, as our as the quarterback of the Colts. That's going to be his last time walking up the field, and that's how you treated him. He he went it, off with booze. And and I remember I was reading like a story about how when he had got hit in the freaking kidney, like he was peeing blood for over a week. And still came out and played the next week. Like this dude, he took some horrible hits. And finally, when, when, uh, the GM Ballard came, of course, 
you know, team, they took a, a lot of time to rebuild the offensive line. Like the, he left the team in good shape. Like the Colts are going to have a whole lot of money. They have a pretty talented offensive line. I would say top five. Uh, I actually like Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I don't, I hope that he doesn't attempt to try to fulfill Andrew Luck's shoes, but I think that the team won't be that bad off. Uh, but it, it's, it's classless when you see stuff like that. Like you never want to see fans react like that. And I'm, I'm actually happy for him that he's able, he's going to be able to walk away uh, from the game without CTE, without any life threatening or career threatening injuries. He's probably going to be able to walk. He's probably going to still be able to raise his family. Money's not going to be an issue. Uh, he can go into coaching. He can go into, I'm not sure about being an analyst because of the balding thing, but you never know. He, he can do a lot of things. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't seem to be the type to be like interested in, uh, like doing the football stuff, like doing the, you know, analysts and coaching stuff. Like he, he seems like the kind of guy who wants to go out there and, and experience and live and live life. You know what I'm saying? Like he wants to have a life outside of football. That's the kind of vibe I get from him. Like he loves football, but. He is not football. You know what I'm saying? So if he's not playing, I feel like he's just going to just kind of do what a lot of people do when they retire. Like, do something completely different. Yeah, travel, live your life, do all this stuff. And, and like, the the thing that does give me uh, a little bit more hope about this team is that, like you said, the, the new GM, he came in here and unlike the previous regime, like, he built a team. Like, we're not a one man show anymore like like previously there's there were previous times where it was like if Andrew Luck didn't play well we're not gonna win the game but right now we have like you said we have a top 10 offensive line we have a running back that he rushed for over 900 yards in just 12 games we have another running back who has 68 catches we have a good uh we have a top 10 wide receiver in T.Y. Hilton we have a lot of good skill players we have we have the offensive coordinator that uh was the coach of Philadelphia that helped beat the Patriots. We mm-hmm. have a top 10 defense. Like, and people are saying, like, oh, the Colts are going to go 0-16 or 4-12. and But I'm like, I'm looking at our roster, and I'm looking at the division. I'm like, we're still going to win this division. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know about it, that. But okay, let me, let me say y'all this. Y'all be I'll in there to the end, definitely. I'm going to say this. We have, like, right now, we have the second best quarterback in the division. Second best. And we have the best team in the division. So I don't see why we still like. I think we went from a twelve-win team to like a nine to ten-win team. But I mean, I look at the AFC South and I'm like, yeah, I still think we're the best team. I like. I have my expectations haven't lowered that much. Like, obviously, if it comes down to like a playoff game and you know there's uh, you're going head to head with someone like Patrick Mahomes and like that, and he's he's feeling it. You kind of need a quarterback to you know, be on that same level to be able to put up points on the board like that. I think that's where we're going to see our team struggle. But, I mean, as long as we can continue to run the ball and our defense plays well, I don't see why we don't win that division. I don't see why we're not a playoff team. We'll see. Super Bowl, man, Super Bowl, but, Super Bowl yeah. is a little much to be talking about, but I, I still I, I believe in the GM and I oh, believe in what he's done. you know what? Done. I forgot Lamar Miller is probably done. So, yeah, Houston just took a huge hit. Well, Houston has one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Like we, and this is the, this is the thing. Like, like Deshaun Watson, he got sacked like over fifty times last year, and that was the same thing. Andrew Luck went through the same thing his first few years. Like, when 
when you're a GM and you're gifted these talented quarterbacks, you know, on their rookie deals, you've got to protect them. Cause at the end, if you don't, you're gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna waste their years. You're gonna waste their prime. And you're gonna be looking around stupid, like, why didn't I take more, take better care of this? And, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. I'm looking at like Cam Newton. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in a year or two, Cam Newton was like, you know what? I'm out too. And it's, yeah, I think it's become, I think it's becoming more normal for players. To be like, you know what? I, I, I'm not, I'm not going out like this. Like, I love the game, but I still have a life outside of this. Like, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I don't want to be in a with a walking with a cane. I don't want to lose my fingers or my limbs. I don't want my brain scrambled. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that that have done this. Like, like Patrick Willis retired at 30. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Jim Brown, Earl Campbell. Gail Sayers, Gronkowski retired last year. He's twenty nine. Like mm-hmm. these these guys are these these guys are smartening up and, and you know you know the 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 accountant that works you know up the street will call him soft for quitting quote unquote quitting on the team. But it's like people call out of work all the time. You know what I'm saying for minor things, minor things like we really don't have an understanding of how tough these people are. Like if People that are listening, if you had a torn, if you had two torn car- cartilages in your ribs, are you going to work that day? Are you going to work that week? If you have a partially partially torn abdomen, lacerated kidney, that you know you're you're peeing blood, at least one concussion, a torn labrum, calf and ankle issues, are you still going to work? Do you still want to do that job? Of course, like, not. I'm not like if I if my tooth hurts, I'm probably calling out of work. Like I'm not, I'm not out here. I'm not calling these. I'm not calling these dudes soft for playing this violent ass game. They don't want to. Like if and and the thing that a lot of these people come off is jealous. That's what I think the, the root <laughs> of it is. Because it's like, yo, if I had thirty million dollars and I didn't have to work anymore, I'm not working anymore. And the reason why you're jealous of these players that are retiring early with all this money is, is you can't do it. You can't retire at 30 with millions of dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm, so it works. I mean, take a, take a look in the mirror first before you start criticizing these athletes. Like they earned that money. They earned their status. They did what they had to do. They put their, they put their literal bodies on the line for that money. So yeah, you're not, you're not going to catch me calling these dudes soft, man. I don't care. Like I'm happy for them. I'm, if if I was if I was like seventeen or eighteen and this happened, I'd probably have a different reaction. But that's because I was younger and I didn't really understand like some of this stuff is it's just a game. You know what I'm saying? It is just a business. It is it's not the end all be all. Like I didn't look at these guys as like actual humans. They were just a name on a jersey mm-hmm. for a team I liked. So you know, good best of luck to them and. I mean, like I said, I still think we're going to the playoffs when we win that division. So, yep. Hey, well, definitely, um, we shall see. Me as a Jaguar fan, I I hope that we're going to be in the playoffs, but I doubt it. I think seven wins, but you know, it it shocked me. It shocked me. Um, but you know, you got to just understand what's going on. So, 
Uh, that's a perfect time to segue into, I'm just going to drop a little something because we had attempted to record earlier in the week. Um, I had told you guys about a week ago about the Popeye's deal. And man, I tell you, I'm seeing all these different fight videos. Some of them's old, some of them's new. Some people are just fighting over chicken. Some people are fighting over chicken sandwiches. Uh, I've attempted to go to a couple of different Popeye's. They're now sold out of chicken, uh, which is kind of crazy. So sold out of the chicken sandwich. Um, one thing I would like to know is like on Facebook, I joke around a lot with a lot of different people. Guys, I'm not out here eating damn Popeye sandwiches every day. Like, that's ridiculous. Let's, let's just be real. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to die of chicken overdose. Like, come on. I'm just kidding. Uh, the sandwich is good. I really like the spicy. Um, I do have some people that are debating me back and forth about Chick-fil-A. My whole thoughts on that is I remember as a kid, Chick-fil-A being in the mall. I didn't necessarily care for their sandwich. I was really intrigued by the waffle fries. It's the first time I've ever seen it. Um, but beyond that, I think that Chick-fil-A really took off because they have amazing sauces. They have amazing service. Um, and Popeye's, of course, they're not going to always have the best service, you know, but the chicken is banging and that just is what it is. But that's my thoughts on that. Um, we're going to get into the next uh, meat and potatoes of this podcast. And that's going to be uh, today uh, based on a lot of people recommendation I've seen on Twitter, um, as well as in our podcast. I did check out the Rhapsody CD. And so I'm going to pass this over to Marcus so he can say his piece, his thoughts, and then I'll give my take on it. Um, so I'm going ahead and hand the baton over to you. <laughs> I will say it is it is amazing how how the Internet is like making these businesses millions of dollars, because I feel like without the Internet, Popeye's doesn't make this much money on that chicken sandwich. Like mm -hmm. the way the the way the word spread about it was just it was like wildfire. But uh yeah, I, I did check out uh Rhapsody's new album, Eve. Um I did like the the concept of it. It's uh essentially every song is named after a black woman and the type of energy or vibes that they give off. I thought it was sequenced uh really well. Um I thought the rapping was up to par. The production was a lot better than I had thought it would be. Which is, I mean, that's kind of surprising, but the uh, ninth wonder pretty much producing the entire thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the production. I like the, all the songs. I've only listened to it maybe two or three times. Uh, my biggest issue with Rhapsody, and I've always said this about her, is that her, her social media team, her promotional team, they're just not, they're not doing the things that need to be done to get her name out there and to keep her name out there because I, I watched the interview that she did with uh, Rap Genius and, and the guy Rob Markman was saying like you know how do you feel when you know your name isn't brought up or you know you're you're not as popular your, your, your tweets or whatever don't get as many likes or views and she was just like you know what you know great music is undeniable and I agree with that if you make great music no one is going to deny it but in the internet age, in the streaming era, in the social media age, people will ignore it. Mm -hmm. Like, you will be forgotten within two or three days if you don't promote yourself in a way that keeps people's attention. Now, I don't think she has to do, like, you, you look at what Megan Thee Stallion is doing. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to do the whole, you know, pitting female rappers against each other, but it's a thing where Megan Thee Stallion, 
has promoted herself in a way that she has blown up extremely fast. And she is, she has a, a catchphrase like hot girl summer is a thing that everybody knows. And that's from her. She has promoted herself in a way that you cannot ignore her. Now, if you want to say that her music is okay, it's so so, it is what it is, then that's a totally different conversation. But she's always out there. You always see her. You know, let me drive the boat. That's the thing. And uh, what what uh, what's his name? Uh, Ocho, aka Ocho, was on uh, on the Twitter talking about how you know Kendrick Lamar has kind of been forgotten because he hasn't really done anything. He doesn't really put himself out there compared to like a Drake or a J Cole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and Rhapsody, she falls in that same category. Like last year, she put out a song with J Cole that was on Mike Wonder's project that nobody listened to. And it did. It didn't do anything. It doesn't. It didn't resonate. It didn't catch on. And what did they do? They took that same song and recycled it for this album. And it sounds better when you know you put it between the songs that it is between. It sounds better on the album. But I mean, who? I, I'm just curious to see how people feel about this album and if people are still talking about it. Say a week from now, are they putting her? In the like, because you know, like there's there's going to be people out there like you know the tribbles, the the real hip hop heads, the music journalists, people like that. They're going to look at this album. They're going to look at rap scene, be like, you know what, this is why she's one of the top, blah blah blahs. But I still think it matters because to be to be mentioned when people start tweeting about like who who are the best rappers, who's the top rappers right now, who's your new top five, who's your new top ten, and I did this like a month ago. Who's who are the top ten rappers out right now? Nobody mentioned Rhapsody. People mentioned artists that came out after her. People mentioned artists that came before her. People mentioned three to four female rappers that were out after her. Like, yeah, she's making great music, but if nobody is checking for you, if nobody hears it, if nobody cares, then yeah, you you have the respect of some of your peers, but. You know, at the end of the day, you, you still need to make money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I thought it was fine. Like, I, I still want to keep listening to it and, and you know, making sure I, I catch as much as I can from it. You know, I've I've enjoyed her interviews and stuff like that. And I, I you know, I follow her on Instagram. But, I mean, she has less than 300,000 followers on Instagram. And I know it's superficial. It's it, It's superficial, but that shit does matter. It does. In this day and age, that shit matters. Like she getting a Grammy nomination matters. It helps it helps boost you, you know, when it comes to uh you know, gaining access to certain producers or features or whatever. But what is your social media following? What is your influence? Who's out there really checking for you? You know what I'm saying? Like this album's out and like what is what is the cycle here? Because what she did with Layla's Wisdom is it, it came out. They didn't really push it that hard. It still got Grammy nominated, but it wasn't really pushed. And it kind of got forgotten until Grammy season came back around. So I don't know if this is going to be the same thing for this album. So <clears throat> with me, I know I put within the group chat that I thought the album was ass cheeks. Um, that was before I actually finished the album. So. <laughs> Once we, I mean, it, like halfway through, I'm like, God, these beats are so terrible to me. Like, it put me in the mind of Pepper Butterfly, uh, some older Nas projects, like 
dog, you're killing me with these beats. But it was like after a while, I had, I had like a headache. So I took some headache medicine and I kind of finished up with like the last maybe four or five tracks. Uh, the one thing I can say, and this is just me. I had heard her name before, never heard any of her work. So this was my first introduction to Rhapsody. She has bars. She can wrap her behind off, like really catchy stuff. It makes sense. She's a good storyteller. I like that. It's just the production for me. And I understand like I've lived most of, most of my life in the South. I kind of gravitate more towards the beats and the music and stuff like that. So that was the thing that was kind of hard for me to digest. Um, to me, she's on par with any other female, like real MC. Like she can spit like really good. The thing that sucks is. Now, eventually she'll grow her fan base and she's going to have a longer career than like a Megan Stallion. But Megan Stallion is Megan the Stallion is probably going to make more money because she's using that appeal. She's catchphrasing stuff for her team's good. She's dating another rapper. Like I, if I seen Rhapsody in the street, I wouldn't even know who she is like at all. Um, and I mean, I understand yeah. that I don't know her, but and I think it's cool also that this was my first introduction to an actual MC that's a new age person. And I just was like, wow, she has some real bars behind her. Um, I also ran through the Missy Elliott project. Didn't really care for that at all. Um, wish she would go back to Timberland. I don't know what's going on there, but the, the Rhapsody, it's a good project as far as the bars are concerned. The bars are there. It's just the, the music and the production is kind of iffy. And then, she does possibly need a better team behind her to be able to promote her a little better. I even like the concept of the album. Like as I was going through it, my phone was in my pocket. I really didn't know what was going on, but when I pulled it back out and I seen some of the names that you have of different, uh, very important women, I was like, wow, you know, that's a pretty tight concept. So will I continue to listen to her? Yeah, I definitely will. I, I would like to hear more from her because, like I said, she definitely has bars. I just hope that she doesn't fall into that same trap that I feel like Nas did. Uh, for some reason, when I think of Nas, like I've I purchased a few, quite a few of his albums. I've always liked them. It's always been an issue of his beats. Like I just can't get jiggy with it. Um, yeah. that's pretty much all I got. Like I said at first. I was going to come up here and just roast her to death because I was like, what the hell do y'all be listening to? But when I really <laughs> just sat down and I'm like, okay, she does have bars. She's She's got to be a top MC in the game or a top rapper in the game. Easily. For sure. I, I just... And, it, it, and it's not even a thing where she needs to promote herself in a way that, you know, Cardi B and Megan and, and Nicki or any other rapper does. I think she could actually promote herself better if she would just kind of do what J. Cole did this last year, like just getting on features, getting on other people's records, getting on getting on uh, features that people might not expect you on, like people wouldn't expect Rhapsody to show up on a future feature. You know, get on a 2 change feature. Get, I mean, you're signed with Jay-Z, like, and it's, you just gotta, you gotta be out here. And maybe she doesn't want that, but 
if you want to be, you know, recognized, you still, you got to be out here. Like in this day and age, that shit matters. It does. Like this isn't, this isn't the 1990s where people were just like, oh, you got bars. That's all that matters. I just need the bars, the bars. It's like, okay. I mean, a lot of people got bars, but you know, what do you say? Truthfully, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like it, that shit does matter. Like you want the respect of Jay Z, but he rapped. He said that. Like he knows what he knows what the game is. She wants to be respected by Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is a billionaire. Like he's got his money. He did. He did. What he had to do to keep his name out there and to, to to make this money to to sign acts like Fifty Cent to get Eminem stuff like that. Like you, you gotta, you got to be. You have to stay relevant, and I don't. I don't think she's like. I feel like, you know what? It's it's the end of August right now, mm-hmm. September. Like by November, no one's gonna be talking about this album anymore, because there's gonna be seventeen more albums that come out between now and then. Like an album, a new album drops every week. Every week, a new album is coming out. And think about and it. This is week, we had three. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. It's it's this everything. the Jeezy. Um, What's that dude? Uh, Missy had the I can't remember his name right now. Uh, yeah, Dan- Missy Gianna. had some. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, by the time November rolls around, and the thing is, is you have to be, if you're not someone like Kendrick Lamar, you just can't disappear and let your music speak for yourself. Like, Rhapsody isn't on that level to be like, you know, she she has one great album, but you're not you're not that. And okay, only, so which, there's only a, which album was the great album for her? Layla's Wisdom. Okay, I'll make sure. That was a, that was her previous album. Like, there's artists like if you're if you're like Rihanna, you can go and not you know post anything on social media and not do anything musically for years, and people will still check your shit out. You can do you can if you're Kendrick Lamar, you can do that same thing. If you're Beyonce, if you're Jay Z, there's a certain tier of artists that can do that. J Cole was doing that for a while. Drake could do that. Nicki Minaj can do that. Rhapsody can't do that. She needs to keep her face out here. And they, if she doesn't want to put her face out there on Instagram or social media, she needs to get in the booth with all these other rappers that are out here rapping. And then let everybody know that, hey, I'm out here still. I'm still rapping. I can out-rap anybody. Just like, it's that, and that's me being a selfish fan because I know that she is a top 10 rapper right now. But nobody else thinks seems to think that because no one sees her. She's not relevant right now well she's relevant now but in a month will she be relevant i'm it sucks but i don't think she will be i hope i'm wrong but like i said a, a new three albums drop every week mm-hmm. every freaking week which i kind of think the game's getting a little oversaturated but i mean it's 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 good it's good for rap um but just wrapping things up, is it anything else that you wanted to talk about? No, nah, we're good with that. I'm good. I'm good, too. So uh, we are the committee podcast, uh, two of the four. So we are out. We are the committee podcast, uh, two of the four.
Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.